Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is energy, and that energy is interconnected and interdependent. In essence, we're all one. Now, ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons. So science is just now catching up, but it's actually not new science. This science is almost a hundred years old. So it's something that should be mainstream, quantum physics, talking about the unified field theory and quantum entanglement, which all means basically we're all one, we're all connected. So what you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Unity on the River with Reverend Ogun Holder. I hope I did not mess up your name. (laughs) You did not. That was good. Okay, great. Awesome. Awesome. So welcome, Reverend Ogun. Um, Please share. I discovered you on Facebook. Um, I was just, you know, I'm always on Facebook, YouTube, and there was a video you had posted that just really inspired me, and I know you were speaking about oneness, and so that that's my passion, oneness. So I was like, oh, I got to invite him on the show. So please, share with our listeners your journey. You know, you'd start as young as you want and go to where you are today. How much, how much time do you have? That's, well, it's, hey, I'm the... It's my show. I'm the producer. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, it might for for the interest of time, it might be good to stick to the Cliff Notes version. But uh, okay. I'm originally from Barbados, and I uh, was born and I grew up there till 1920. And I grew up in a very, I guess, traditional evangelical, um, charismatic environment. You know, mm-hmm. speaking in tongues, laying on of hands. You know, singing praise and worship songs for like an hour before the preacher even opened his mouth to talk. You know, that kind of experience. Okay. And uh, around 1920, I left to come to college in the United States. I attended a university majored in uh, music therapy. That was my first profession, actually. Okay. And while I was there, it was a Methodist college. I wasn't Methodist. It just happened to have the uh, major I was interested in. And while I was there... I took um, on a lark, an elective about the life of Jesus, because mm-hmm. you know, I, was, I was a good Christian boy. I was, the one, I was the one walking around campus at Easter time with pictures of the crucified Jesus on a t-shirt. You know, I was that, I was that boy. Okay. And the life of Jesus uh, class that I took um, talked about the New Testament books and the history behind them. And I learned about not just what was written in the Bible. I learned about how the Bible was written and who may have wrote it. I was shocked out of my gore to find out that the Apostle Paul didn't write all those letters after all. <laughs> and that Matthew didn't write Matthew and Mark didn't write Mark and, and all this stuff. And it, it, it blew my mind. I had a, I had a crisis of faith right. um, and, mm-hmm. and left the church for a little while. A mm-hmm. um, couple of years later, I met... Um, someone who introduced me to unity um, and unity's teachings that someone eventually became my wife. And, you know, that's always my running joke. When I walked into a unity church, 
um, most people have this sense of I've come home to my spiritual, you know, identity. This is what I've always thought and believed. And my experience was what strange cult have I walked into? This is, <laughs> this is, this is some weird talk we're going on. And it, and it kind of freaked me out a little bit. Um, but I, I, I realized as I learned more about unity's teachings, it started to close a lot of those, um, uh, religious loopholes that Christianity or traditional Christianity uh, was never able to answer. Yes. And, and um, I studied more and more of these unity teachings. And mm-hmm. as I like to say, I transitioned from eventually being a user to become a pusher. So now I became a minister okay. and, and now I'm, I'm, I'm spreading the message. Um, I'm currently um, based in Amesbury, Massachusetts. It's about 45 minutes to an hour North of Boston. Okay. And um, I've been the senior minister there for um, going on five years. This is my fifth year okay. uh, that I've just started. And I'm not sure, I'm assuming, given who you are in your content, that users are familiar with Unity. But I, am, I, I okay. have actually attended Unity a few times. Um, we don't have one very close to me, okay. but um, about 45 minutes away is the closest one. And I have many, actually... Years ago, when I first awoke into the truth of oneness, that's when I, I did attend a few times. Gotcha. Gotcha. I've learned to always ask because usually when I say unity, uh, for a lot of folks, sometimes it's only two or three minutes later in the conversation, I realize that they think I'm talking about Unitarian. Mm. Um, and it's not it's not quite the same thing, same ballpark, but not the same game. So right. I, I always take the time to you know kind of spell it out a little bit, but... Yeah. Um, uh, anyone familiar with the message of oneness and consciousness, probably not a stranger to Unity's teachings. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, me personally, um, it's interesting. I love how you, you, you know, you, you were raised a, a good Christian boy and, and all of that. And then when you actually studied in, in school, how the Bible was written, because I kind of went through that cha- same transformation a little bit differently. I was raised, not Catholic, but I was sent to Catholic school. My mom became Episcopalian. My mom actually converted from being a Baptist to Episcopalian, and my dad stayed Baptist. But we weren't a a quote-unquote very religious household. My parents sent me and my brother to Catholic school for a better education. And I know that Episcopalian is very close to Catholicism. But it was when I was young, Honestly, what I was being taught did not resonate with me. And I could not say that at four and five and six years old. Uh, and I was raised, a uh, child is to be seen, not heard. Oh, yeah. so even though I had all the, all, everything, you know, not everything, but a lot of things that were coming at me from, the, from religious class just didn't resonate, didn't make sense. I couldn't yeah. question them, you know. I, yeah. yeah. So well, I had the, the idea of... of- children being you know seen and not heard that's that's more of a black culture thing i come from the caribbean and and that was that was my experience as well yes Um, yes yes much of my family are shocked that i'm a person who you know gets up in front of hundreds of people every sunday and and speak for a living they were like you were so quiet as a child i was like y'all didn't let me speak (laughs) exactly 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 and that's why you know what that's why i have a radio show I could, there I you could. go. Exactly. And why I've been podcasting for maybe going on 10 years now. Okay. 
All right. Yeah. Yes. So yes, when when you're a child and you're not allowed to speak, once you're an adult, you get a chance to speak. But what I did as I grew up, I knew what I was being taught wasn't resonating. So I went on a, a, a search starting from when I was in my teens for truth. And then I, I ran across the same information you ran across about the Bible and who wrote the Bible and the many different authors and the um, the different languages and the translations. And I think I, I think I heard there's over a hundred versions of the Bible in English alone. So I think there I think there's really great pearls of wisdom in the Bible. Yep. But I think uh, um, it's just that you have to kind of read it with your own heart and, and dive into it with your own heart and not all that you've been kind of force fed. Right. Yeah. Um, and I always, I always now take the chance to, to always emphasize that I am not uh, disparaging traditional or evangelical Christianity, you know, in, in any way as a, as a teaching yeah. um, for, for me, I have come to a place where I can, um, I'm comfortable with saying anything that brings an individual closer to an understanding of themselves and God, I'm, I'm all for. Um, I may not have to agree with all of them or choose to practice all of them, but if it resonates and works for you, then so be it. Um, I, I, I support that. And I've also become comfortable with using the word Christian to identify myself again. Mm-hmm. There was a you know, period of time I didn't want anything to do with that word because mm-hmm. of what it represented you know, um, the religious context, even the political context. Um, Mm -hmm. But now I'm comfortable with using that word because I'm comfortable with saying there are many faces and aspects of Christianity in its pure sense. Christianity is, is for me to be a Christian is to live my life based on the life and teachings of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, they're open to varied interpretations, how that looks. And, um, and uh, part of, I think my mission is to, help reclaim that word mm-hmm. from, from a lot of the um, cultural and political associations that are being made with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I identify with you uh, greatly. I have total respect for anybody's belief, anybody, because I am grounded in oneness. So yes. that no matter what a person believes, um, they're still part of God. They're still part of the oneness. I identify, I don't take on any labels, quote unquote labels. So I don't call myself Christian because my belief is unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness, because no matter who you are, you're a part of me. And you you will never be separated from me and you will never be separated from what we call God. My definition for God is all that is. There is nothing outside of God. God is everything. And everybody is a part of God and can, is a holographic um, holographic a part of God, meaning all of God is in each of us. I love Rumi's quote. Um, you're not a drop in the ocean. You are the ocean in a drop. So we're not just a piece of God. We are all of God in a drop. So when I understood, started to understand the holographic aspect of oneness and who we are, I dropped all the labels. So I don't call, I was very, very active in a Christian church um, for many years, but um, I kind of left the church. There was a lot going on in the church, but I left the church and even I did visit unity. But for me, um, 
for me personally, I just don't need that structure of a church mm-hmm. to, to practice because I, you know, I'm, I'm focusing grounded in oneness. And I, 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 I chuckle because uh, a friend of mine recently invited me to her church. See, I have Christians that are always trying to save me now. <laughs> <laughs> you, and, you, and, you and me both. My family yeah. still prays for me every night. <laughs> oh, yes. I have Christians. I have a dear friend. She's a dear friend. And she just, oh, she just had to get me in church. So I went to church. Um, but for, actually, before I went to the service, I had met her pastor, and we got into a little discussion. They're always friendly, because I never debate or argue what your beliefs are. I just share my beliefs and what resonates with you. Like you were saying, um, on this show, I always tell my audience, whatever resonates is true in your heart and in your soul, just that's where, that's where I want you to go for your answers, is internal. And then shine your light to the world. So, but I had, I met the pastor before I went to the service and he wanted to get into, cause I, I always give out my card, wait to oneness. And so people get, what is this oneness? And I'm like, well, it's not a religion. And then I just go into it. We're all connected. You know, for me, it's just all unconditional love. That's all it is. So we get into, so he actually, <laughs> this minister actually wrote a sermon against what I believe in, everything. And that's why he invited me. They wanted me to be there. So after the service, I just smiled and I said, well, you know what? In your your, um, message, there was a lot of contradiction, but it's all good and walked away. I just, I don't, I will not argue. I will not debate whatever resonates for you is true. Live your truth. I'm just sharing mine. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Recently, I posted a, I posted a thing on the Apostles' Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember a while a while back um, at um, George Herbert Walker Bush's funeral. Okay. Senior. Um, you know, all the presidents were there. Living presidents. You know, mm-hmm. Trump, Obama, um, Clinton was there as well. Jimmy Carter, and there was there was a lot of fuss made after about. Um, when they were reading the Apostles' Creed, the president wasn't reading it, or current president, President Trump. Mm-hmm. And I, I apparently poked the bear when I said, you know what, um, my, my issues with Trump are about as, uh, you know, as long as, you know, CVS receipts that we get. I, I, got, I got a lot of issues with the president. Okay. But this one isn't going to be one of them um, okay. because I'm a person who also is very firmly... Uh, believes that I, I shouldn't be saying and affirming things that don't resonate with who I am. No, I, I don't for one second believe that's the case he was making. Mm-hmm. You know, our, 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 our president and religion are like, you know, this far apart. Uh, <laughs> don't let me get started there. But uh-huh. um, but I said there are certain aspects of the Apostles' Creed that I, I, I no longer resonate with or don't mm-hmm. resonate with now. So I kind of wrote... Uh, a version of it that mm-hmm. that is who I am and who resonates with me, mm-hmm. and the person that was the probably the most vehe- uh, vehemently opposed to that and argued with me the most was the Methodist minister who oh, okay. uh, who was a college friend of mine actually, uh-huh. um, and 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 I, and I think part of part of what many people forget is that um, the, these ideas that that seem to be new. Around mm-hmm. you know oneness belief thinking and new thought thinking, yeah. things like you know original blessing versus original sin, 
things like, you know, not necessarily believing in a, in a Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. These were ideas in Christian theology that existed from the beginning, along with theories like original sin and stuff like that. These, the, there have always been complementary voices to the traditional Christian story. Mm-hmm. So if I want to align myself with them, it's, it's really okay too. Right, uh, but but there was a huge argument <laughs> about, about this, and throughout the whole argument, he just kept saying, "It's okay that you believe what you believe. Yeah. What what I believe is okay too." Exactly. You know, we don't we don't have to try and convince one another that the other is wrong. And my 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 daughter, <laughs> my my daughter who's eighteen, and she she is so wise. She yeah. said, "At this point." I realize you're not trying to convince him what to believe, but I think you're just trying to convince him to realize that he's wrong for trying to convince you. <laughs> she okay. was like, huh? Uh, and, and I had to hear that. I literally yes. had to hear that. And oh, go, yes. You are right. And exactly. And, wa- yeah. and, and walk away from the conversation. Exactly. You know, I was still trying I'm, to hit the wind. <laughs> yes. Oh, believe me. Oh, believe me. And it seems like uh, they're always in my path. The, yes. uh, what I call fundamental Christian, they're always in my path, which is, and I have the great, I have loving, and I'm, I love that I can have a loving conversation with someone that we have totally different beliefs, but we can, in, and they, it's always, we're ending with a smile, they're always, you know, we can end with a hug, it's all about unity within diversity, yes. that's what it's all about. We are, we're supposed, we are unique, divine aspects of God. That is what, who we are. We each are. It doesn't matter. Even if a person is a KKK or a, a Satanist, whatever, that person is still a divine aspect of God, okay, with their own journey, with their own belief. And it's not about, it's not right or wrong. It's not about trying to make someone believe what you believe, because when you really are grounded in, in your truth, you allow the other to be grounded in whatever truth they, we, you, so you can agree to disagree with your friend yeah. from college. We just, okay, I hear you. Because a lot of times people will say to me that they don't think, if I don't agree with them, they don't think I understand them, which is not yeah. the case at all. I understand them totally, I just don't agree. And I've had to say that many times. I'm like, I understand you completely. And I give you that. But it's just something I don't agree with. So that is the key to world peace right there. Because we have all these different religions. We have all, and we have to tear down the division. I, it's, to me, it's all, now I know you were talking about the, the president's funeral. And I did, um, I, in the gym, I caught a few glimpses of the, that service. I stopped watching mainstream news in 2001, mm-hmm. two weeks after 9-11, and it was internal. I don't hear um, anything external audibly, but internally, I was always one to follow my resonant, what resonated from within. What resonated with me from within two weeks after 9-11 was turn off that news and don't ever turn it back on again. And I didn't know why. I even said it aloud. Why? I don't get it. But mm-hmm. I did. I was obedient to what, what that voice, internal voice, telling me to turn it off. And I didn't realize till years later, maybe 10 or 11 years later, why. It's because of the everything is vibration. It is. 
And that news is constantly, the mainstream news is constantly feeding you this negative vibration to lower your vibration. So that's how we give, we all, we are so powerful, but we give over our power when we're in a state of fear. And the, the mainstream news keeps the masses in a state of fear. So I, I know what's going on in the news. I knew the president passed away and all of that. But the, and as far as President Trump, I don't think I've ever heard him speak. And when I first heard he was running, I mean, this you know, before he was like, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> so, I'm like, so, huh? so, so did all of us. <laughs> but wait a second. When he got elected, for me, the joke just got funnier. It didn't concern me. It could it doesn't concern me who's in the White House because I know my power. I know that the man in the White House is no more powerful than I am. Our power comes from, it's eternal, it's internal and eternal. And it's from spirit. It's from our connection to all that is to God. So it doesn't matter who's in that White House. I did. I I thought it was the funniest thing when he got elected. I really did. A lot of my, oh, I had relatives that were up in arms but i was like chill out he doesn't he only has the power over you that you give to him you give away your power that way so i will say i i i do watch the news i'm an avid news watcher as as, uh, somebody said a while ago how else will you know what to pray for if you don't watch the news so 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 the news is my prayer list um and and the other thing uh I'll, i'll I'll say in terms of you, you're absolutely correct. There's, there's, there's nothing we can hear from the outside that takes away our, our internal power. Uh, Jesus said it best. He said, it's not what comes in uh, a man or person that defiles them. It's, it's what comes out of them. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what you, in, in many aspects, what you take in externally, yes, everything is vibration, but it affects you as much as you allow it to. Um, exactly. So you can watch the news and, and, and you cannot get sucked down with the negativity. The other yeah. thing that, that uh, uh, for me is important to stay on top of news wise is, so I'm, I'm the minister of a church yeah. and, and there are many members in my church um, as is often the case in unity and you thought churches and, and more and more mainstream churches these days who are members of the LGBTQIA community. Yes. And, and they were legitimately concerned Okay. About about their civil rights being mm-hmm. reversed and taken away because of the rhetoric of mm-hmm. of this president and yeah. um and and many of my talks have been around um, um and, and a little bit to your point not allowing the fear of that to uh, dictate how we show up in the world you right. know but also realize that we we do have in many ways, a moral and spiritual obligation to be a voice for the oneness that we want to speak about. So whether that looks like, you know, you you go do a march, whether that looks like you just call your congressman, whether it looks like you just write a letter, an email, whether it looks like you give a donation to the ACLU or or an organization that Mm -hmm. is, is, is being the legal front of, of these challenges um, that we participate in the process. Again, for me, it's always, I always come back to the life of Jesus and Jesus, many people, you know, tend to overlook this was a revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is why he was crucified. I don't believe the crucifixion was a divinely ordained thing to save our souls. No, he was crucified because he was a rebel. Mm 
mm-hmm. and he he upended the status quo of things. He right. he reminded people that it is it is what is within us that should be what leads us, mm-hmm. and and not you know the 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 the, the power structures uh, right. that were in place, and and he upset enough people in power that they you know put him to death. Um, so so for me, I, I uh, the, the the phrase that I coined with my congregants. Uh, some of who who you know also push back because you know it's you're in church you can't talk politics in church you can't talk about these issues and I and I said if, if we are supposed to be the change agents um, you, you know we we have to have discussions about these things someone mm-hmm. would say to me I come to church to escape all that and I said well then you picked the wrong place because <laughs> I, I'm not here providing an escape I am here I believe my calling is to help spiritually empower you. Mm-hmm. To go into the world and be a voice for oneness, be a voice for love is all there is, be a voice for anyone, regardless of their ethnicity, their ability, their identification, their gender, their age, their financial status, each and every one of them is the embodiment of God. And therefore, if some of them are being taken advantage of or being disenfranchised, that's not oneness. Mm-hmm. So, so, so for me, it's about bringing that spiritual concept of oneness into the visible material world. Yes. And that's what Jesus, that's what Jesus did. You know, mm-hmm. all these, all these uh, uh, teachings and Judaic traditions, he said, it, 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 you know, what's the point of knowing and reciting these things if you don't show compassion to, to, to the person, you know, his great, uh, one of his greatest stories, the good Samaritan was all about, right. you know, it doesn't matter how much spiritual knowledge you have or spiritual, you know, or, or power that you have, if you don't live compassionately to, to, to your brother, who is anyone else besides you, exactly. then you're missing the point uh, exactly. of, of it all. So, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I think I've been coming from um, more and more. And um, it's, you know, it resonates well with some people and some people not so much, but to your point, I, I got to do me. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, I tell people all the time. I'm. I think one of the, for me, I think one of the biggest, the one of the greatest things I did is stop watching the news and I stopped watching commercial television in 2011. But um, I, for me, but I don't say that for everybody. And I, for me, because I still know what's going on in the news. I mean, if I, first of all, I'm on the computer all the time. Every time I turn on the computer, the headlines are popping up. Yes, so yes. if something, if a headline pops up that's interesting, I'm like, oh, let me click on that, read more about it. I can. So you don't have to watch mainstream news. I just know what it was. My spirit told me to stop watching it because of what it was doing to my, my, my. Absolutely. And I agree with you hundred percent. You got to, you got to take breaks from it. You can't. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, I remember the, uh, the night after, uh, president was elected, um, many of my congregants they're like, we, we need to have a service. We're all upset and stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know, you said to people, listen, you, you got to pace yourselves because yeah. everyone was, was saying he's going to be, you know, arrested and impeached and taken out of office. And I said, okay, well, you know, none of that might happen. <laughs> <laughs> and if he's our president for the four years, what are you going to do in that four years? Yeah, I never said, know. He might I, even be president for eight years. He might be president no. for eight. And, no. I said, and I said, listen, you know how we call it spiritual practice? Yeah. What are we practicing for? Times like these. Yes. You, you, yes. you know, so, yes. so 
double down on your spiritual practices, do more meditation, do more yoga, do, do more whatever it is that feeds your spirit exactly. so that then you can be that presence of oneness in the world or even more difficult, be that presence of oneness at Thanksgiving family dinner when everybody else in your family is, you know, right over these issues yes well also and i also because the one of the things i had to say when he got elected i wrote i wrote in bernie that's who i wrote it for Mm -hmm. i wrote in he's like bernie that's the guy i want but um um the day after when i found out because i don't watch the news so i didn't even know was a student i teach piano lessons you were saying you you studied music too. Yes. I, I, music was my minor in school and I, I teach piano lessons and I have a seven-year-old student that came that day, my first student. And he was like, hmm, I'm like, I'm like, what's wrong? I didn't even know. I didn't know who had won, won the re- election at that time. I sensed it was Trump, but I didn't know for sure. And um, he comes in all pouty face and I was like, what's the matter? Seven years old. It's like, what's the matter? He's like, mm, Donald Trump won in the election. I'm like, and I'm so sad. I'm like, you don't have to be sad. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's how I found out. But also I say that, and I said it that day, <clears throat> we have to remember when we're grounded in the truth of oneness, Donald Trump is not outside of the oneness. No, I, I, absolutely not. He, he, he is, uh, and this was a blog post I wrote like the summer he was uh, elected. I called him the uh, the face of chemicalization. And and in unity, uh, unity teachings, we have a thing called chemicalization, which is when we when we lay hold of a new teaching, a new transformative teaching. There's a piece of us that doesn't want to give up the old thing right. that that wasn't working as well. You know, the the old limiting belief about ourselves. We don't want to give that up because there's a certain comfort in that. You know, and, 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 and our ego wants to stay stuck in its egoicness. Mm-hmm. Chemicalization is that discomfort that we have when we begin to embrace the new teachings and struggle with letting go of the old ones. Yeah. And I said, and, and when I realized he'd gotten the Republican nomination, I said to people, he is going to be elected. And they told me I lost my mind. I said, no, we, in, in, the, in the consciousness of this country, the mass consciousness, we are at a point where we're beginning to say yes to oneness. We begin to say yes to equality. This is why, you know, we have, we have um, when same-sex marriage was, was yeah. passed, we're, we're, we're now um, having more and more equal, um, um, rights for minorities. Um, we're, we're more and more leveling the playing field uh, between men and women. Um, so we are, we, are, we are beginning to actualize this. And, mm-hmm. and the old system that says no to that is struggling. It, this is, we're, we're, in that, we're in that transformative section and, and he is the face of that. He's the face of the old system that's saying we don't want to change. Okay. But but the new consciousness of oneness is saying you don't have a choice but to change. Right. You know, our consciousness is always evolving upward. Exactly. You know, and 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 the lower levels are going to struggle against it, but exactly. they eventually going to be brought upward. We don't we don't have a choice in this and that's what I say to people. Right. Uh you know, look look at us as a human race over the thousands of years we've existed. Yes. This is the best we've ever been, and we've always been getting better. Mm-hmm. I mean, just if you just look at the figures, how many people are uh, in poverty now than you know five hundred years ago? 
right. you know, 500 years ago, uh, you know, slavery was, right. was the understood transactions of the world. Yes. Women were property. I mean, it was yes. in, in just the last hundred years, the phenomenal changes we've made. This is a reflection of a consciousness that says we need to lift ourselves up. Yes. Um, and, and people who benefited from the old systems and powers, of course, they're going to want to resist that. Yes. But again, when we look in history, they've always ended up on the losing end. Mm-hmm. So, so, the, so the evolution of consciousness, you know, if you're familiar with spiral dynamics, the upward evolution of consciousness, yes. it, it, it's happening. There's nothing we can do to stop it, slow it down. Yes. The best we can do is get on board yes. and, and take the ride up with it yes. <laughs> and, and, and evolve. And, and so, so, so big picture, you're right, absolutely nothing to worry about. Yes. Um, and, at the same, and at the same time, just again, you know, as Jesus did with the people standing right in front of him, mm-hmm. you know, we, we be that voice for healing. We be that voice for the disenfranchised. We be that voice for those who have been um, oppressed and subjugated by the, by the powers, you know, right. the old Christian term powers and principalities. Yeah. That, that, you know, not, not in terms of, uh, you know, demons and, ex- but, but power structures and systems, things yeah. like racism, things, you know, in our system that, that 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 keep certain um, groups oppressed. Yes. Um, the, the, those of us who've made a realization that that's in essence, quote unquote, a, a false teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we yes. can be we can be a voice for that, and we first be a voice for it by demonstrating it in our own lives. Exactly. Exactly. You know, when yeah. we oh, yes. yeah, when we can when we can put these teachings into practice, into reality, and our lives become transformed. Right. And the things that are happening around us have absolutely no impact on us. Yeah. Then, then we can we can extend that to other uh, people as well. So, so I like to say to my folk, uh, um, be be outraged, as in realize that there are injustices in this world that do not reflect oneness, and yeah. be a voice for the oneness. But don't become enraged. Don't let the anger consume you. Exactly. Um, Exactly. And, and, and live from that place. Exactly. Because it, it is truly vibration. So it, like you say, your actions, you want them to come from a high vibration, not, yes. you know, because everything is vibration. And when he, when I discovered that he was elected, something inside of me was saying, this is, this is exactly what we need. Oh, absolutely. I, I, absolutely. I know nothing about his politics. I'm not political at all, but it, 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 it's the shakeup. Yeah, we this whole this whole country is doing the shadow work right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> and 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 he's he what he has come to do is move the furniture so we can see all the stuff that was hidden in the shadows before. Exactly. And we are like, oh my god, how did that get there? Well, we're the only people living in the house. We bought it there. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, so yes. it's all this all this gunk is accumulated in the dark corners of our country's consciousness. Yeah. He's moved the furniture around, exposed it. Yeah, so it's been there, and some of us, you know, some of us who are who are minorities, we're we're not surprised by any of it. We've been seeing it our whole lives, right. um, but he's exposed it to the masses, and now we are at that choice point where we got to say, is that who we want to be, or is it not who we want to be? Right. Um. And and he's been the face of that. So you know, and again, in that sense, in all things, give thanks. We we got to give thanks for him as being president to 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 allow this to come to light so that then we can heal and transform it. Exactly. You can't heal and transform what, what, what you don't want to admit's there. You can't, exactly. You can't push it. You can't push that saddle side aside. You can't, it, 
the more you push it aside, the stronger it's going to come back. Yeah. So like you said, to transform it, you have to shine a light on it. Absolutely. And that exactly. So when he was elected president, I felt joyful because not that I voted for him or wanted him to win, but there was it, I knew it was happening for our highest good. Yes. I knew it was happening for a yes. good person. And, and the and the challenge of of spiritual practice is to remember that yes. and live that in the midst of you turmoil. know all, all, all turmoil and what's going on. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I, I go back to to the examples of Jesus mm-hmm. walking on water in the midst of the storm. No, not that one. When he's asleep in the boat, okay, and the, and the storms raging around him, and many people say, you know, the miracle is when he got up and said, "Peace be still," and he controlled the weather. And I said, no. The miracle was the fact that he was asleep in the boat. Yeah. That all <laughs> this stuff, peace. he was at peace. All this stuff is happening yeah. around him. It's a boat. It's going up and down. Yes. You know, yeah. the slightest yeah. wave and I'm getting seasick. Yeah. But he was asleep. He was so centered in who he was as a divine being yeah. that none of the circumstances bothered him. Even when he woke up, it was like, this is, this is nothing. Okay. You so, know, yeah, he's like, be still for them. It wasn't bothering me, but be exactly, still for them. <laughs> exactly. So that's for me. That's the first miracle piece in that story. Yeah, and that's that's our miracle as well to be in yeah. that place where we are so centered in the truth of who we are as as the as powerful divine beings. Yeah, that, that we can. We're in the midst of the storm, and we don't even see that there's a storm going on. Exactly. And then we are divinely guided to do what's ours to do. Because again, he could have woken up and seen the storm and just went on right back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it, Cause wasn't, it wasn't bothering, bothering That him. actually, when I awoke, when I awoke into the truth, universal truth of oneness, which was in 2007 and it was a science, it was quantum physics that really, I was studying spirituality often on metaphysics, spirituality often on for 30 years. Um, but it was there was a missing piece for me, and the missing piece was oneness. And I under and I really understood oneness from a quantum physics documentary called "What the Bleep Do We Know." That yeah, I love was, that. I love that. that. Yes, that's woke me up. Um, Lynn McTaggart, one statement, one sentence. She said, "The biggest problem in the world today is the illusion of separateness." And something woke up inside of me when mm-hmm. she said it. I'm like, I get it. And, yeah. and so when I understood oneness, though, when you're talking about the Jesus in peace, the, the, I would hear in church the, the saying, um, p- um, peace to be, wait, now why did I forget it? It's um, peace, well, uh, you know it, the saying I'm trying to say. It's a, it's a verse, a Bible verse. Um, to be peaceful, um, surpa- okay surpassing all understanding oh that's it that's what i'm trying to say i would hear that all the time when i was in church and i couldn't get it i but when i understood oneness i understood the peace that surpasses all understanding that's it that's that and i that's the only time i got it did not get it when i was going to church every sunday but i when i understood oneness i got it yes so yes so um even though when he was elected and a lot of my friends and a lot of my relatives were just like you, like your congregation was all up in arms. I was at peace. 
Because I was like, okay, this is happening for a good reason. Everything happens for our highest good, whether we're aware of it from the human perspective. But if we, if we know that we are all divine aspects of God and all connected to God, everything that happens does happen for our highest good. And we can look at, we can, we can, we can take two ways. We can look at it as horrible or we can look for the good. Like count it all joy. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, the peace that surpasses all understanding. That's when I got it when I understood one thing. And then I wanted I wanted to share it with the world in two thousand and seven. <laughs> and I was like, but no, you know, people would look at me like I have two heads. What are you talking about? And it used to when I first, you know, understood it for me and I couldn't get other people to understand it, it would upset me. But then I had to realize, okay, I have to let that go. I have to let each person evolve on their path. Yeah. You know, all I can do is be an example of the oneness, live, you know, live it, share it. That's uh, I was inspired to launch this podcast. I didn't even know what a podcast was. <laughs> when I, I, I was starting, I was thought in my mind, internet radio podcast what is that (laughs) so uh four years ago but it's it's just um well i love i i do love podcasts and um i'm i'm currently in my third or fourth part podcast i've I've lost track um um, my my late wife she's deceased uh we did a we did a spiritual parenting podcast okay um and then i also uh did one with some classmates of mine when i was in seminary Okay. Um, uh, I I did a third one uh, after that. It was more like interview, special guest format, and right. and right now the one I'm doing is called uh, Pub Theology. Okay. Um, and it's 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 based on the premise of 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 the 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 pub, the bar, the restaurant as okay. as the gathering place. Ah. People, you know, and and there are live groups around the country that do this. If people are interested, um, if you go to pubtheology.com, you, okay. you, you know, you'll see a map where you can go find a group. Uh, somewhere or or start your own but the podcast is kind of that uh, built on that premise people for you know eons have been gathering in pubs to talk about issues and stuff and yes. you know there's there's that saying in vino veritas as in and you know when you, when you drink a little it lowers your inhibitions and yes. you tell the truth but 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 it the point is not about the drinking we have gatherings and people are drinking water it's not about the right drink. it's right. about coming together, together from all different sorts of backgrounds and teachings and theologies and belief systems to to find what right. what do we share in common what what can we be in dialogue um about so mm-hmm. so I, I i love doing that i do it with and it's an interfaith sort of um, um approach as well i do it myself as a unity minister um my co-hosts are uh, UCC, United Church of Christ, and Presbyterian. Okay. Um, so, so it always makes for fun dialogue to have these different perspectives um, coming in. So, so check it out. Uh, PubTheology.com is where you'll find everything. And wherever you find podcasts, uh, it's called yeah. Pub Theology Live. Okay. Uh, look that up and, and, and hear some fun dialogues. Oh, that sounds great. I love it. I love, too, when I, like I said, um, I think the universe is putting in front of me um, fundamental Christians all the time, which is great because I get into really wonderful conversations with them in the sense that I do, I was brought up, I went to Catholic school, went to religious class every day while I was growing up. I was very active in a, actually I thought it was a non-denominational church when I first joined it, but then I found out it was Assemblies of God. I knew oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I never had heard of Assemblies of God. Uh, but um, when I first joined it, I thought it was non-denominational. But I was very active in the Assemblies of God Church here. And I live in the Poconos. We get a lot of, we're getting a lot of snow right now. So I don't know if you guys are getting it. Yeah, um, uh, we, we got some last night. Uh, but but for us, it's more of a cold snap. It's, you know, it's getting really cold. And we had yeah. our, a lot of our snow a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we get like anywhere from like two to three feet at a time sometimes. Wow. Like we're getting that same cold snap because of the elevation. Um, yeah. we're, we're high up in the mountains. We're, so even though you're north of me, I think our weather, we might get colder and more snow than you, you guys. You, pro- you probably do. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Uh, tomorrow I'm hopping on a plane. I'm going to Barbados. So I will be ah. 80 degrees on a beach and... Cold, cold no more for at least three oh, weeks. Oh, <laughs> okay. And I have been to Barbados on a cruise. So I oh, wonderful. Yeah. I have been to Barbados a couple of times on cruises. So I haven't really spent time, like, yeah. you know, only get to spend the day, but I've gone jet skiing. I'm a big jet skier. I love it. Well, first time I went jet skiing was in Barbados. The yeah. uh, I think one of the most um, underrated, underrated and unappreciated things that Jesus modeled for us is self-care. Because how many times did he, you know, he, he went off to the desert to yeah. by himself. Um, um, as I like to say, if you read the scriptures carefully, often when he would say something controversial and, and it will get everybody up in arms and sometimes yeah. it would turn into physical struggles and suddenly he disappeared from their midst. He was, mm-hmm. he was gone. Yeah. So he, <laughs> he always took the time to withdraw uh, as well. And, um, yeah. you know, yeah. in these times, especially we, we have to take care of ourselves. We have to take the time to, um to replenish right well i would like i said i think i told you before we started recording i'll be going to boston for the very first time in three weeks yes but i would definitely if you were gonna be there i would definitely make my way to unity well let's see what 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 date exactly are you talking because three weeks i'm talking about february 22nd that that okay so you're in luck because the 24th i will be i will be back now um, I uh, I won't be the speaker at the church on that day, but I will be there. Okay. Um, part of it is um, it, it's not a true vacation if I have to spend the last three days of it putting a talk together. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that okay. means I've come back to work three days earlier than I planned. So I usually I usually structure it so that there's a guest speaker the the Sunday after I come back from vacation. I so hear you. True vacation. Yes. Um, uh, yes. as, as as well but if you are around and want to make the trek up to amesbury uh, you I, know I'll love I'll to definitely person. i definitely would like to do that i like right. that yeah because i'll be there from friday to to monday so i'll be there the whole that whole okay Sunday. well come on up all right okay i'll be knocking on the door <laughs> <laughs> let me in so but tell us more i think we we got so into um Tell us more about your journey, because I think we got up to the point where you first stepped into a uni- unity church. Yeah. And um, then and you met your wife. So, um, okay. so, so yes. So um, uh, at, at the, one of my one of the interesting pieces of, of my story is is the uh, the call to ministry is, you know, many ministers and pastors. They, they remember mostly with affection the, the day they realized that, you know, church ministry was theirs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I made that realization, I was initially not happy about it. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I've I, growing up in the church and witnessed many ministers and preachers just exhausted, burnt out, no time for their families, that kind of stuff. And that was not the life I wanted to live. But, right. um, and, um, but my wife was also a minister. Uh, and interesting enough, when I saw her experience when she was in seminary, she went before me again. It made me say, I do not want to do this. Okay. Um, and in true Jonah and the whale form, I, I, I ran from it um, until it, it I, you know, I found myself in the situation. I won't go into detail, but it, but it almost cost me my life. Okay. And I realized that um, I, I had to stop running for this. I, I mm-hmm. came to it actually. I'm no, I don't know if you're familiar with The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. No. Um, no. So it's, it's, a great, it's a great book and process, The Artist's Way. The author is Julia, Julia Cameron. Okay. Um, and one of the one of the techniques that she talks about is doing an activity called morning pages, where you know the first thing you do when you get up um, is just go get your legal pad and write a minimum of three pages. Like, yeah. and you don't think about it; it is stream of consciousness. She goes, even if you, even if you think there's nothing to write, you write down. I got nothing to write today. This is this is stupid. I don't know why I'm doing this. You, you just do that, um, and it's a, it's a it's a it's a it, it's, I like to call it like um, intensive journaling, Okay. you know, um, but, but doing the artist's way and all the activities and the processes that is involved with that really got me to a place of clarity of getting in touch with all the fears I had around being a minister. Okay. Um, and once again, like we said before, once you can shine a light on it, then you yes. can heal it. You can transform it. Um, and eventually got to the place where I was ready to embrace it yeah. um, I went to seminary this is a unity has its own school and mm-hmm. campus in uh, outside of Kansas City right so I was there and it was again there that I had my uh, second crisis of faith okay. um, because I went in with this idea of um, unity's teachings are it the, these are the teachings everybody else you know they're just floundering around but unity is it Yes, you know, it was, it was a very immature, naive proposition that I was going in with. And then somewhere around there, not only did I realize that unity was not it, that there is no it, right. like unity is, you know, it's just one spoke on the wheel, if you will. If you're familiar with the Tao, it speaks of the Tao as a wheel and all these spokes. We're just one spoke. Yes. Yeah. You know, on the wheel. Could I be okay with that? But then there was also the the common, I, I like to call it the coming home to myself, the realization that here I was in my mid thirties and I really had no idea who I was. Okay. Um, and part of that, um, I can thank the Enneagram. I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram as well. Mm. So the Enneagram um, is, is a, is a kind of a, a personality spectrum. So, you know, people think of the Myers-Briggs and all that. The Enneagram is a much more holistic a spiritual picture of your personality style. Okay. It evolved out of the work of, of the Sufi mystic uh, Gurdjieff. And, and it's, it's, you know, there, 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 there are many different approaches to it, but, but it was the, it was the one tool mm-hmm. that allowed me to begin to figure out who I was, not just the divine being. I was, I was kind of, you know, realizing that, but, but, mm-hmm. but the personality shell on top of my divine being, see. who was that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, 
And when I began to realize I didn't know who that was, it caused me to question every decision I made in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just so overwhelming. I went off the deep end. It was like another crisis of faith and of self. Self, you know, right. I always say to people, if you don't have at least two good crises of faith and self, you're not, you're not doing it right. <laughs> it, it, yeah. That is a joke. Please don't take me seriously. If you don't yeah. have any and you're happy, good on you. Yeah. Um, but, but, but that happened in seminary as well. And, you know, it was tortuous for me and my family at the time, but in hindsight, it was the best thing that ever happened. It was my God self making right. itself known to me. Right. Um, and me being willing to say, yes, let me, let me do that. Um, so I stepped into that. I graduated. Um, and then for about a year and a half, two years, I went on what I like to call my rock star preacher tour. Mm-hmm. So I started guest speaking at churches, you know, across the country. Right. I, mean, I had a blast, you know, you roll in, you give a talk, you, you, you sometimes push a few buttons, upset people, get all in uproar. And then like Jesus, you just vanish, you go, you're done. <laughs> You know, so it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I wrote a book uh, in that time. Uh, the book is called uh, Rants to Revelations, um, Unabashedly Honest Reflections on, you know, I should know this. I wrote the book. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a copy on my shelf there. I can barely reach it. Um, anyway, but the main title is Rants to Revelations. Um, and you can, you know, buy it on Amazon. Okay. Um, so, so I wrote that book, which was, again, for me, a fairly, um, what's the word I want? It, it, it was a process. I'm a, I'm, I like to call myself an ideas guy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking up the title now because now it's bugging me. I should know the title of my own book, right? That's okay. I, I'm working on my first book. And, um, but um, you, when you said uh, you had two um, crises of yeah. faith, I always share with my listeners, uh, I've had many crises, but I, I share with my listeners, um, those are our big, biggest blessings. Oh, absolutely. Those, those are our greatest blessings. They, they're not, a, you know, they're not our breakdowns, they're breakthroughs. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So yes. the book is Rants to Revelations, Unabashedly Honest Reflections on Life, Spirituality, and the Meaning of God. Mm, so they're a series of, of different essays, um, and um, it was... It, like I said, you can still buy it. Um, and then around, I'd say 2013 going into 14, Mm -hmm. um, was when I started to realize as much as I love doing, uh, you know, the, the preacher tour thing, I I still wasn't feeling quite fulfilled. And I realized part of that was I, I, I was missing spiritual community. I, okay. It was all coming full circle. I grew up in a church, yes. you know, and, and the people of the church were my friends. They were my family. They were the people I turned to. It was, right. it, it was that was my support system. Yeah. And I realized I was missing that. My wife was a church minister mm-hmm. at the time. So I, I had a lot of connections with the people there and I was beginning to realize I, this is what I was missing. So, yeah. so I became their associate minister, a part-time associate. And this is in Gaithersburg, Maryland, uh, in the D.C. area. Okay. And so my wife was the senior minister. I was the associate minister. So there were a lot of dynamics there that kind of didn't work well. We had different, we had different um, ideas about how, to, how a minister was to show up uh, to the world and to the congregation. Right. So um, we realized that if we were going we to save our marriage, I needed to go find another church to, okay. <laughs> to be <laughs> one. I got one. Right. One of them was going to go. Right. <laughs> so, okay. 
so that was when um, I applied to become the minister of where I am now, Unity okay. on the River. Okay. Um, and I started that in January of 2015. And just the, the, the week after I started, my wife was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Oh. And it was it was probably again you know the the traditional idea would have been, of course you know I I get out this job and be home with my family because mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. at this point I'm flying back and forth between DC and the Boston area. Okay. Um, you know, few days up here, rest of the week home. Okay. You know, and this day and age, that's not an unusual thing. Many families do that. Um, may not be their preferred. Um, way to get stuff done, but that's right. that's what happens. Um, and so, so again, it was again one of those things where by now I had learned how to listen to the intuitive voice, how to listen to to the God whispers, if you will. Yes. Um, and you know, it, it I got clear that I needed to stay in that job, to stay okay. at that community. So that so that was a that was a it was a fascinating first year for all of us. Okay. Uh, you know, she passed away in June that year. So for the first six months, I'm flying back and forth. She's, mm-hmm. she's, she's struggling with, with, with the disease. Um, she, she is continues to be one of the bravest people I've ever known. Cause she was clear. I'm not injecting poisons in my body. I'm not doing chemotherapy. This is my path. Um, oh, goodness, I no, I had a lot of anger. Her. Yeah, I had a lot of anger oh, around that. I mean, yeah, I'm completely holistic. I yeah, you, you know, I, I was in medicine at all. Lots of uh, lot, lots of therapy after the fact uh, around my my human anger issues because I there was no part of me that disagreed with her choices. Right, I, I understood what she was. I understood that. Yeah, you know, we had discussions about this. Neither of us were afraid of death. It was like it was you know. Yes, but but. Here I was losing my wife yeah. or our daughter who's, you know, 14, 15 at the time is about to lose her mother. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, there's a lot of anger around that, but here we are, uh, you know, four years later um, mm-hmm. the, the, in terms of, of ministry it was absolutely the right choice for me to stay. Yeah. My daughter is just this like beautiful, strong, amazing young woman who's following her passion to be a dancer. She's actually right now in the midst of applying for colleges to go um, study and do auditions and stuff. And, wow. awesome. um, you know, and we, we walked through this grief process and mm-hmm. um, a lot of what I talk about now in relation to grief is um, to, to embrace that grief itself is a spiritual practice. You know, mm-hmm. many times when we are in grief, we, we want to use our spiritual practices to try and get through the grief process or to try to mitigate the feelings that come up from grief. Um, mm-hmm. And for a lot of us, they, they don't work. You know, it, I, I remember struggling with, with sitting still to meditate when, mm-hmm. you know, right. the months after she passed away and stuff, but but then I begin to realize, you know, the grief itself is the process, mm-hmm. you know, um, grief is healing. Um, and, and healing is in, in you know, I, I, I like to say to people, we got to make the distinction between uh, being cured, being healed and being whole. Those are three different things. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. for me, being cured is when we eradicate the disease from our body. Okay. okay? And sometimes that'll happen and sometimes that won't. Right. And it's okay either way because no, no one's, everybody's going to die, you, you know. So. I, yeah, I hear, yeah, I, I, 
I don't use the word death a lot in the sense that mm. I understand what you're saying. I mean, the physical body, the physical yeah. body at some point the is going to stop functioning. The physical body is going right. to go back to where it came. It's, it's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's not a matter if, it's just yeah. a matter of when it's, and how. <laughs> exactly. And I agree. Uh, exactly. Right. So, 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 and a lot of us want to be cured to avoid that. We yeah. have a fear of death or we're so attached to our life that, or our, our body physical life that, that, that we don't want to lose that. Mm-hmm. You know, we create mm-hmm. a lot of meaning about what it means to die at this age or that age, or, you know, I haven't done this yet. Well, you know, what's stopping you? Go, go do it now. <laughs> um, so, so, so that's curing for me. Healing, true healing is when you come to a place of peace with what is. When you come to that peace, is, you with just what said is, so true. What you you're said. you're healed. Yes. You know, there's no there's no struggle within you. You've embraced what is, and now wholeness is the next step. Wholeness is when, in the midst of all of that, in the midst of being at peace with what is, you continue to be whatever the divine embodiment is asking you to be. You know, so and and I just spoke about this past this past Sunday, and I used the example of Stephen Hawking. Stephen yeah. Hawking was, uh, you know, one of our most brilliant minds. Yeah. And he was paralyzed from ALS. Yes. You know, and it continued to degrade and degrade and degrade over the years. So he finally expired. But that never stopped him from stepping into the wholeness of who he was as a brilliant mind. Exactly. You know, I used the example of Evelyn Glennie, who is one of the most preeminent percussionists in this world. Mm-hmm. So, She's played with orchestras around the world. She is one of the most mu- amazing musicians I've ever experienced. She's been deaf since she was 12 years old. Right. Yes. Right. Wow. So, so, so here we have two individuals who were not cured. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. they clearly made peace with what is, yes. and then they went on to be the, the, the fullness of the divine potential that they were. Exactly. Okay. So, so those are the distinctions that I, I make. And yeah. for me, grief is a process of, of healing towards wholeness, mm-hmm. you know, making peace with what is yeah. so that you can, again, now be this, this, this whole expression of God, mm. of the oneness, of the love, whatever name you want to use. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what I've really been talking about lately. Uh, folks have interviewed me about it. Mm-hmm. I'm in the process of writing about it. Um, okay. and, and, and hopefully... You know, uh, the more I say it out loud, the more likely it'll probably happen. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we, I, I would like to think that with, you know, by this time next year, my book about it is, is, is on the shelves. So that's, that's, that's the timeline I'm giving myself. Um, so, so yeah, that's, wow. that's kind of what I'm up to. If folks are interested in um, seeing my talks, yes. um, uh, unityontheriver.org, the website, um, you can go there um, um, if you want to live stream me on Sunday, there's a live stream page there um, on YouTube, Unity on the River. We've got a channel on there. You can see the service and um, podcasts of the talk. So just the sermon that I give on Sunday, yes. you can find that on uh, it's SoundCloud and also on Spotify where you okay. stream music from. You can find them on there. We're working to get them on other platforms um, okay. pretty soon. So, you know, you, you can hear my stuff all over. Wow. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. And, and, and you, you, you touched on grief, which is a big part of my show in a sense. And I say, cause those two words for me that don't resonate and I, it's, it's 
I have to explain why, um, is the word death because mm-hmm. it's eternal life. But I know, I understand what when people are talking about the physical body, going back again, energy cannot be created or destroyed. The right. physical body, which is energy, does go back and tra- trans- transitions, transforms, transforms. Yes. Everything transforms. Um, you said January 2015. Yes. January 2015 was six months after my son transitioned. And okay. that's when I got the inspiration to do this show, to launch wow. the show. It was January 2015. I did my first show March of 2015. But I got the inspiration in the middle of the night. I got up. Like I said, I, didn't, I never heard the word podcast. I just mm-hmm. knew, how do you start an internet radio show? And found Blog Talk Radio. Um, my son, when he transitioned July 1st, 2014, I was at complete peace. Now, I say that and people get like how the reason why is because I, two and a half years before he transitioned, doctors had told me he wasn't going to live and I tried to take my own life. Wow. Two and a half. So in December of 2011, I was truly blessed with a medical miracle. My son took himself off life support and was completely fine. Mm-hmm. And I brought him home and I came home. I took a, a, a bottle of over-the-counter sleeping pills. Don't really know. I never inquired what happened to me physically after that happened. I know I was out, completely out for two and a half days. Um, and they, they had me on suicide watch for 24 hours. But during that time, they allowed me to visit with my son um, for an hour or so a day. And I remember whispering in his ear. I said, Kyle, get better so we can both go home. That night, he pulled himself off of life support. The doctors were like, oh, my God, he's completely fine. It was like he was never even sick. Wow. So I made a promise to God. I said, God, I don't know what's going to happen after this. But when I was able to bring my son home that time, that, you know, December, it was the just before New Year's. Day, I brought him home. I said, God, I'll never forget this. And I'll never stop thanking you. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. But I'll never stop thanking you. So when my son went back into the hospital in uh, April of 2014, the last three months of his life, he was in the hospital and he transitioned on July 1st. I was completely at peace because I knew three things. I knew it was his soul's choice. It was his time. It was mm-hmm. Nobody leaves here before their time. It was his time. It was his soul's choice. I knew it was a soul agreement he and I had made together. I knew that I'm still here because I have work to do. And I knew he wasn't gone. I, right. I know he, I, I literally, I, I knew that I was going to have a reading with the medium, but I didn't know who. And I didn't look. I started this show. I never knew what type of guests I've had. I had expert scientists on the show. I have spiritual people on the show. Um, I had some mediums on the show. I had a medium on the show that gifted me a reading on his birthday. From that reading, it was a Zoom um, reading. He was trying, my son literally was trying to talk through the computer. We literally have his voice on tape from that reading. So I know, and he says he's my co-host. So he's right here now. (laughs) <laughs> and he's very proud of what I'm doing. 
and he says he's my co-host. So I know he's not gone. He's very much, actually, he's closer to me now. You know, I can't physically fuss at him, tell him to clean the room, take out the garbage and all that. But he, he's still with me. So, and so is your wife. She's still very much with me. Yeah. So I, this show, I, I'm involved with an organization called Helping Parents Heal. So we talk, we have a lot of um, people that have near-death experiences and people, we talk a lot about what, quote unquote, they say afterlife. To me, it's life after life. It's discontinued life. It's eternal and it's forever. This is an, oh, so great. And I, I really do hope to get to meet you in person in three weeks when I'm up in Boston. Never been to the Boston to area. This would be great. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. I so appreciate you being our guest on my show. And I will have all those links that you shared with the listeners. I will have them. What I do for each show, I write up a blog post. So all those okay. links that you mentioned will be in the blog post and also okay. in um, the video, underneath the video description. Thank okay. you so much. You're more than welcome. It's a pleasure. You enjoy some of that sunshine for me. You, you don't have to tell me twice. Okay. <laughs> my, brain, my brain's already on the beach. I'm already there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I will, please, I will definitely just, I'll, I'll hold a picture in front of me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much because it's snowing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was wonderful to meet you. I, I thoroughly enjoy this conversation. And uh, um, you let me know when it's up so I could share it um, oh, all, I definitely all over my social media as well. And, yes. Um, I'll send connect. you all the links. Thank All right. You so Sounds much. good. Namaste. Have a great have, namaste. Have a great vacation. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.